Hello and welcome back to the Emerging Markets Podcast by Telema. I'm Rizwan Mahmood in London and joining me today is my colleague and friend, Mustafa Paracha. Musti, how are things? Hi Riz, how are you? Nice to be sitting here in a different environment with you. Uh, things are good, things are good. Uh, grey gray skies in London today, but grey gray vibes uh, back home in Pakistan. So uh, I'm sure you've been watching what's going on in the elections, but maybe we'll, we'll get into that in, in a few seconds. Most definitely, and thank you for taking the time. Uh, just a disclaimer, the time is currently 15 minutes past three in London. And as we are recording this podcast, uh, the votes are being counted live in Pakistan. Uh, I think we could consider this a bit of a flash podcast. A right? flash podcast, well yeah. said, <laughs> Um, But just to sort of paint the picture and give some context, uh, Pakistan finds itself once again in a fragile economic, social and political state. Uh, we have seen instability at large since Prime Minister Imran Khan was ousted and removed during a parliamentary vote of no confidence in April of 2022. The social and economic crises in Pakistan were further exacerbated during the floods of 2022, which saw more than 30 million people displaced and the World Bank projecting an, a 2.2% loss in national GDP. Over the last 18 months, Pakistan has flirted with sovereign default and martial law, but somehow managed to avoid the former and the latter. In a way, only Pakistan can. Musti, as we speak, the votes are being casted, as I said. Tell me who are the generals backing in these elections and what are the local rumours? Who are the generals backing? I mean, <laughs> that that's a funny uh, sort of thing that we've, we've known. I mean, pretty much anybody who's involved in Pakistan or looks at Pakistan knows that it's very much, I wouldn't say run by the army, but the army has a, a lot of say uh, in, in, in the things, in the way that... The state within the state, as yes, we often hear. Yes, exactly. You know, it's, it, it's, it, it has a big say in, in how, things, how things work there. Um, so once again, I mean, you know, analysts all over the world have been saying this is one of the least credible elections ever in Pakistan's history, which is what my family and friends tell me as well. Um, however, uh, you know, my family and friends again have said that it was a very a calm and peaceful election. Um, you know, I mean, they went and there were many, many more polling stations than there were last year, last, I mean, session as well. Uh, so, so that was probably a, a good thing in some way. Uh, apart from that, um, I mean... Uh, you know, it's 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 confusing to to say how what's going to happen. Of course, polling the counting is still going on, um, but we think that the Nawaz Sharif uh, government, which is the PMLN party, uh, will will get into power uh, in this session. Uh, we think that I mean we I mean I think <laughs> that Nawaz Sharif uh, will become the prime minister. Um, confusing to say who's going to take the role of president. Um, some rumors are that PPP uh, and Asif Zardari will take that role, but but let's see. We'll find out in a few hours. Um, Shabash Sharif is also another candidate for uh, for the prime minister role. Uh, but again, Rizwan, um, this is this is what I think. Uh, this is what the vibe back home says. Uh, it's just going to take a little bit of time till we find out. Uh, you know how things transpire. Great points. And just going back to the role of the army. Uh, it was very telling when General Asim Munir uh, in December of last year visited DC, uh, where he held meetings with meetings in uh, Washington. He was not only meeting security counterparts, he also met the US Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, uh, which is a clear indication of uh, the US um, reaffirming who's really in charge in Pakistan. Yeah, I know. And another thing is that, you know, uh, it's it's a general thing back home that uh, you know, whoever wins Punjab wins wins the country. And uh, since PMLN is is you know predominantly a Punjab party, uh, we think that of course they, they will win in Punjab, and so they will take you know they will will they will take the the lead in the government. And you know um, th that's another thing. Um, 
And, you know, another rumor that we've, we've heard, another rumor that we've heard back home is that uh, independents are now running uh, from Imran's party, Imran Khan's PTI party. Um, because, of course, as everybody knows, he's no longer able to run and PTI is no longer a party. Uh, but but another rumor going back home is that the independents are, are doing really well and they will eventually join these other parties once they once they get their seats. So that's another fear. And I, I don't know if that was how it was planned, but, you know, it seems that uh, the other parties are in a very strong position to win. And when I say other parties, I mean PMLN and PPP. We also think that uh, PPP will take Sindh, which is, again, historically uh, what's happened because it is a Sindh-based party. Uh, Sindh, I mean, Bilawal Bhutto and, 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 and all his predecessors are all from, from that region. So we think that PPP will uh, take Sindh. But um, let's see what happens again. Um, yeah. Good points. And just to readdress the point of the PTI, so as I understand it, constitutionally, the PTI can't win because they don't have a symbol to run under. Exactly. So as uh, as listeners will recall, the cricket bat was removed as the PTI symbol. So as we understand, as I understand it, constitutionally, the PTI can't win. And then the independent candidates, if successful at a later date, could rejoin the PTI. Uh, but constitutionally, the PTI cannot win the election. And I can tell you one more thing from when I was, uh, of course, like, I mean, when, when I was in Pakistan and when I was voting, um, you know, um, majority of the PPP, oh, sorry, majority of the PTI uh, voter base is between 18 and 30 years old, as well as over 65. And if you see the de demographic of the of demographic of the country, 50-60% of the population are below 30. And so if PTI had a, a fair and free uh, say in this vote, uh, we would see PTI most probably to take a majority. And um, Hence, I say the Greg vibes back home uh, right now. So <laughs> that's, uh, again, let's see what happens. I hope all the best. But Rizwan, uh, it'd be great to hear, uh, I mean, you know, uh, obviously we've talked about the political side of things now, but it'd be great to hear what effect this will have and what effect the possible PMLN government will have on the Eurobonds. I mean, I know they did extremely well last year and uh, a lot of investors of uh, probably who were involved in Pakistan were very happy, uh, but it'd be great to hear uh, you know what's to come. Uh, you know in the next in the next year or next few months. Yeah, Musti, you're absolutely right. So Pakistan's eurobonds were among the best performing uh, eurobonds in our sort of uh, universe of countries we look at. Uh, depending on which part of the curve you look at, Pakistan, we've seen we saw price appreciation of around 100. Uh, percent So the 31s, which is one of the bonds we follow, currently trades at 30 61 cash price. Uh, so to give some context, a year ago it was trading in the low 30s. Uh, and the 24s, the price action, them is suggesting that they'll probably get paid. Uh, but ultimately, uh, the general election in Pakistan is not likely to de derail the compliance of economic policy in the short run. Uh, and in the context of preserving a relationship with the IMF and getting a, su a successor program. So from the investment perspective, we see this is a positive. Uh, and it's probably to a large extent already reflected in euro bond pricing and equity pricing, despite equities being cheap on a relative and absolute basis, if you look at them uh, historically. And secondly, because we think the PTI in Pakistan remain the popular party, uh, the, the, new the new government, we think, won't have the ability or willingness to do the difficult structural reforms, which is likely to derail the long-term investment case for Pakistan. But in the short term, we, we remain extremely positive uh, on Pakistan euro bonds, and equities, 
uh, and we think I think we'll continue to see price appreciation in the short run uh, and until you know Pakistan uh, stops complying with the with the IMF and you know this they uh, and they are unsuccessful with their program. Of course, is one time will tell. Exactly, indeed. But Musti, thank you for joining me for this flash podcast at such short notice, uh, and thank you for our. Uh, listeners for tuning in once more please do like uh, and uh, rate this podcast on Spotify and all other platforms where it will be delivered anytime Rizwan always a pleasure sitting with you and um, I'm not sure if I can say we hope we do this again <laughs> but uh, let's hope for the best let's, yeah let's hope they're not listening too carefully in the summer <laughs> <laughs> thank you Rizwan cheers